listening to the Talking Through Hoops podcast with Robert Schlatter and Nick Baravalos. Your one stop for what it is in the NBA today. Welcome back to another episode of the Talking Through Hoops podcast here with Robert Schlatter and Nick Paravalos here to talk some more NBA action. Nick, how we doing? I'm good. How about you, Rob? Not bad, not bad. We had another solid week of NBA action, some good returns, so we're going to hop right into it. Isaiah Thomas finally returns for the Cleveland Cavaliers in his first return back with the Cavs against the Portland Trailblazers. Comes in with 17 points and three assists in 19 minutes off the bench, Nick. How about that? Yeah, I mean, it's about time he's back. About time. So, I mean, they didn't. They rested him against the Cavs, or they rested him against the Celtics when the Cavs, they played a back-to-back against from Portland and then against the Celtics. So that was a little disappointing for a lot of fans, NBA fans and Celtics fans. Wanted to see Isaiah come back and play against the Celtics, play against his old team, maybe get back at him, get back at Danny Ainge. But it makes sense from not wanting to rush him back so far. But the thing that kind of confuses me with what they were doing there with the back-to-back, you know, why wouldn't you, you know, if you're, it's an important game against the Celtics, and if you think you can really help, if you think he's going to really help your team, why wouldn't you just rest him against Portland and then have him come against Celtics? But they didn't really know how he was going to come back and how he's going to perform, so it kind of makes sense why they would want to just play him against Portland, not as not as good a team as the Boston Celtics. And there's a lot of emotion running with that game, so it makes sense. Yeah, well, they teams don't they rest their players even if they don't have you know, in back-to-back situations regardless nowadays. But, yeah, Isaiah Thomas, he's back. He looked good in his return. Hopefully he stays healthy for Cleveland, make it competitive versus the Celtics coming up. What do you, what do you have to say, Rob, about his how he influenced their bench, the Cleveland Cavaliers? I, man, it was – the. I mean, he's obviously not going to be coming off the bench, but no. it was crazy because the thing was that I even saw – he really elevated his teammate from the past years, Jay Crowder, because Jay Crowder was kind of mm-hmm. pedestrian the whole time. And then as soon as Isaiah gets back in the lineup, Crowder comes out, hits a bunch of threes, looks like he's completely playing better. And this is going to be really important for what LeBron is doing. And obviously he's not going to be coming off the bench the whole time, but you know that's a good little spurt of 17 points to come off the bench for the Cavs there. So you know it's going to change, but it adds way more depth. And they don't even have Derrick Rose coming back. And he he's shown that he's been effective uh, at the beginning of the year here and then with last year with the Knicks. So if he can stay somewhat healthy, they have a lot of depth on that roster. But bringing back Isaiah and put, pairing him with LeBron, he's basically, you know, he's not as good as Kyrie is, you know, a lot of people, but he's pretty pretty close to how, what Kyrie is. Not in terms of, obviously, Kyrie's a better isolation scorer and Isaiah's not up to that level. But when you pair him with LeBron, he's just going to make LeBron so much better because I say... Even though LeBron can really play the point well, you don't want to have LeBron as your point guard and shouldering that huge load. So if you take you know, a little weight off LeBron and have him just play his natural position at the three or the four or wherever you want to put him, not at the point, and you have Isaiah Thomas to pair with him, that is such a scary combination there. I think Isaiah Thomas, he's one of the best three-point shooters in the corner as well. I think that's how he's going to help Cleveland down the stretch. He's a good three-point shooter in that situation where – LeBron will, you know, do his driving down the middle and then kick it out to him for three. So I think he'll help, he'll help the Cleveland Cavaliers overall. As for where Cleveland stands now in the East at the three, I don't really 
see there's a problem there because they'll still steamroll through until the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe. Pretty much. That's, that's basically all they're going to do. Moving on to another team, your favorite team, I'd say, the Toronto Raptors. Right. We're going to discuss, <laughs> discuss DeMar DeRozan absolutely playing out of his mind. He scored a Raptors franchise high, 52. It was previously held. I think it was both tied by Vince Carter and Terrence Ross. So I, I, I was completely surprised. I forgot he did a couple years ago. Terrence Ross scored 51. Yeah, Terrence Ross went off. Yeah, so he, he beat him by one point. So he scored a career a career high, obviously, 52, and a franchise high, 52, for the Toronto Raptors. And then versus uh, Sixers a couple games before, he had 45. And then the Bulls the next game after playing the Bucks, which he had the 52, he scored 35 against the Bulls. So Ter- uh, DeMar DeRozan is playing absolutely crazy right now. And obviously Toronto is on a roll. They are... Currently second in, second in the Eastern Conference with a 27-10 and 10 record. So they're playing really good basketball at this point. You know, we have what we say about the Raptors with them being a regular season team. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? But, you know, you can't do anything but just respect what they're doing right now. And they're playing great basketball. DeMar DeRozan, I think, should be a starter for for the all-star team with not I was going to say the Eastern Conference All-Stars but now they're doing this thing where they they just vote in the top players and then they have the captain's pick but he should definitely regardless of whether you know he's in or not or he's definitely going to be in he should be in the starting lineup so DeMar DeRozan's playing out of his mind Nick Yeah I think DeMar DeRozan has probably one of the best mid-range games in the NBA if not the best he he also has he does a great job of getting to the line as well but the big question here is the Martha Rosen putting up 35, 52, 45. Let's say somebody shuts down the Rosen. How are the Raptors going to respond? I don't think they have enough to continue to dominate in the well in the East possibly. But once they hit the playoffs, let's say they win the first round and then they hit the Cavs in the second round, you know what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't see them making that much noise. Once again, we, every time we bring up the Raptors. You know, it doesn't matter because they're going to lose in the playoffs. And that's how, what I see it. But regardless, DeMar DeRozan is elite. I think that he is one of the best scorers in the NBA. And he definitely has improved his game, you know, since since his rookie year. Yeah, and another thing that I want to throw in with DeRozan's game, he's really increased his three-point prowess this year. He Obviously, you talked about how he is in the mid-range game. He's changed his way of game because obviously it's now becoming more you know, a three-point game. They want their players shooting more threes. It's just the way the NBA is going now. So where DeMar DeRozan's attempts last year, and now this is just a drastic change from the last season to this season. He was shooting only 1.7, averaging about 1.7 attempts from the three-point line, and now this year he's averaging 3.2. So that's a pretty big jump, and his percentage last year of shooting was 26%. So that's not very good at all. And now this year he's shooting 36%. So it's not really, you know, what like elite three-point shooters you want. But for a star that gets as men- gets as much buckets as he has and you want him to expand his game, he's done a great job this year of shooting threes from where he's been. So I think that that huge improvement for him is why he's playing even better than he where than where he was before, and he's going to really help out the Raptors in the regular season. And like you said, we got to see how the rest of the team steps up and how they can uh, how they can do in the postseason. Yeah, once again, you mentioned the three pointers. 
you know, it's good to see a player like that. He comes into the NBA, he's very athletic and very raw, and he slowly moves away and develops his game away from the basket. And that's what that's what you like to see from development. Kudos to Toronto for, you know, developing that guy. Yeah, DeRozan's been, been a real good surprise in the league and has developed each year and been a guy that's really been a part of that Toronto core. And he, who knows, maybe he'll end up being one of the best rap, I think at this point, I think he's, you know, with the exception of maybe Vince Carter, he's probably the best Raptor I've seen out of that franchise. Yeah, Yeah, I think he'll end up being that. But before we head into the next topic, definitely uh, follow us on our social media, at Talking True Hoops. Definitely hit us with the subscribe here on iTunes, YouTube. Give us a rate and review what you think, and definitely let us know what you guys want to hear, what you want to hear be talked about on the podcast. And now moving on to another injury, Nick. You want to take this one away? James. James Yeah, James Harden out for two weeks hamstring injury you know you just don't you don't want to see this from one of the you know i would say top mvp candidate just going down with a hamstring injury you know the rockets before he got hurt seemed to be struggling a little bit so you know he goes down let's see where the rockets go now because they were dominating before and now they're probably going to take a little step back they do have chris paul back however i don't know where they're gonna where the Rockets stand now without James Harden Rob what do you think of the uh, I mean he it's an injury obviously pulled hamstrings always something to to kind of keep aware of and you know you got to be very delicate with that injury it's very you know kind of a you know there's a fine line with the injury because you know he told the fans after the game he suffered it against the Lakers on New Year's Eve he said oh it's just a pulled hammy but we know with hamstring injuries, whether whatever sport it is, you know, baseball, football, anything, it's an injury that can really linger with a player, and it can be yep. re-aggravated very easily. And James Harden, you know, I look, if it's only two weeks, it's not a big deal. And I think James Harden, looking at the past couple years of when he's played, he's been like a gym rat. When you see him in his off season and everything, he's been a guy that's gotten himself in some really in really good shape. And I think it shouldn't be a huge issue if they take it, you know, step by step and they do it very carefully. Uh, but, you know, I think of this and the way I look at it is if he misses only two weeks, it's not a big deal. But if it's a little longer, what does it mean for his MVP case? Because he's looking like the I in my mind, I think it's him, LeBron and probably Giannis. If I'm missing anybody, am I missing anybody? Durant. 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 But if it, it hurts his MVP case because he's coming out with a vengeance after losing the MVP from Russell Westbrook last year. So I think that's definitely – he's a man on a mission right there to get that MVP. But if he only misses two weeks, it shouldn't be a huge deal. But I think for the Rockets, they'll be absolutely fine. Right As of now in the Western Conference, they're second, so they gave up that lead that they had in the fir- first overall seed in the Western Conference to Golden State which isn't really a big surprise there because Golden State's obviously the big monster in the NBA. But for his MVP case, if he misses any more time, it could hurt him. I don't think it should be a big deal unless it's like, oh, we go, he's out for a month. If it's only two weeks or a little longer than that, it shouldn't be a huge deal because he's been playing really good basketball. And it is also scary for the Rockets because Chris Paul's a guy that gets injured a lot too. So you definitely want – it's good to have him as like a – as you know, it's kind of weird saying this, but he's like a backup from what Chris, uh, James Harden was because he's a, obviously he's a point guard and he can he can shoulder the load while James is gone. So it's nice to have that cushion on a, a, a really solid, probably all Hall of Fame player in Chris Paul. So having James out obviously hurts them right now, but it, it, if he comes back fine, you know, keep the hamstring. Obviously, you got to be very careful with the hamstring. You don't want to re-aggravate it at any time. 
but he should be fine. He should be he should be coming back pretty good. Rob, we're talking about the best player probably in the NBA within the last two years. Take away the Steph Curry MVP. Take away the Russell Westbrook MVP. Who's that, that best player for the last two years? It's probably been James Harden. Well, if you exclude LeBron James, yeah, but I mean. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Excluding I, that, but like yeah. James Harden's been runner-up probably MVP the last two years. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. When he lost to Steph in the MVP, he was neck and neck with him and neck and neck with Westbrook last year. And now it's I think it's his time to take it, no doubt. So, I mean, hopefully he comes back fine. And it's been fun to watch Houston, man. They've been playing really good basketball. They're shooting the they're ball. They're, they're crazy good right now. So they've, uh, they've, they've been playing good ball. So moving on to a topic that I'm not very, you know, really happy to talk about, but we have to talk about it just because it, it just made news and we have to talk about it. It's just it's crazy. That, once again, the New York Knicks, I'm not a fan of talking about them too much on the podcast, but I just have to talk about them. Christoph Porzingis comes out. <laughs> and he comes out and he says, after the loss against the Washington Wizards, uh, and it, so in his past games, he sc- against the Wizards, he only had 16 against the Wizards, 13 against the Spurs, and last night he had 15 against the Heat. So after the game against the Wizards, he came out and said, I'm tired right now and I'm really missing Tim Hardaway Jr., so <clears throat> I'm just going to come out here and say it. I don't like to use foul language, but he's being a, a bit of a bitch right now. You are like sissy girl. Like straight up. I don't, you know, I don't like to, you know, we want to keep it PG, but he's being a bitch right now. Well, why don't you cry about it? Saddlebag. He's a fragile player. We get that. He's a guy that isn't very strong. I, I've, I've explained this before on the podcast. I think it was episode 11 where we talked about Porzingis and his ability and everyone talking about his MVP case. And now he's starting to come back down to earth. And I've said he's at best the second option on a winning team. I say he's like the Pau, he's like a Pau Gasol type player to to another person, another player's Kobe Bryant. Would you agree with that? You kind of see I that? I would. So Kristaps? Kristaps. I think that he's a okay. he's a guy I, I he's a guy that I see as the second best option to someone like you know that kind of dynamic that I yeah. see with him. And for Kristaps to be saying, oh, I need Tim Hardaway Jr. back, that's just – Tim Hardaway Jr. is a nice role player, but that's – no. You The Knicks have much more issues than just having Tim Hardaway Jr. back. They got a lot more issues than that. They stink! So the deal with the Knicks is really, you know, excluding Porzingis for a second – they're going to be hovering around 500 again or way below 500. So at this point they just need to tank and they just need to get a lottery pick cuz there there's yes. what what is what is good of oh I'm we're going to make the playoffs this year, we're going to do something. No, what are you going to do in the Eastern Conference? You have Kristaps Porzingis, he's still on his rookie contract. If you hope to keep him, you need to surround him with some ball players. So if you're well, just going to He's going to be restricted. He's going to be restricted. Whatever he gets. But I'm sure people are going to be throwing a lot of money at the unicorn. There's no doubt about. It. I mean, his value is going down a little bit. Uh, I'd say a little bit after this comment, after his comments. But if it's a team that's hovering around 500. They're not very good. They're probably going to miss the playoffs again, and it's just a lost season. So why not get yourselves in a position to get a guy? Everyone's been going crazy over a guy like Trey Young. I wouldn't mind as a Knicks fan. I wouldn't mind putting him in there. He's a he's a playmaker. He's a guy. They're comparing him to Steph Curry. I think that's a bit of a you know, long shot comparison. We don't like to, that's like the comparison. Oh, we're going to compare Porzingis to Dirk. Ho, 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 hold on. You're talking about a hall of fame player and a guy that hasn't even <laughs> done anything. So you got to hold off on that comparison, but hey, Rob. 
I'm just saying, man, this, this kind of stuff gets me riled up because, I, you know, Trey Young and, you know, you got to get guys like that and Michael Porter Jr., someone like that to pair with Porzingis, a first option because it's just you can't. He's not the answer. He's a second. He's I say he's the second best option on a team because he's so fragile and he, he his game is not set to handle the NBA as we've seen in the past. With the exception of Dirk Nowitzki, name me another guy with his like play style that is able to sustain a healthy NBA career. Oh, rookie. The rookie Lori Markovich, but we don't know what, what we're getting from him. Yeah, that's a, that's another example of a guy that you don't know. Exa- until you do it, man, it's the same thing with like people, oh, the Celtics are going to beat the Cavs. Until you do it and you show that you can do it, it's just it's just hopes and dreams at that point that are you know un, unlikely to happen. That's that's it. I'll, I'll let you okay. talk for a little bit on your because I I had to, I just had to get that out for for a you second. You on a Knicks rant? Yeah, I want another okay. Knicks rant. Yeah. So, from the perspective of what Porzingis said about how you know he's tired, uh, you know I can't blame the guy. He's probably he's getting he's playing a lot of minutes. He's getting tired. He has no help, which I can see where he, where he's coming from. The fact that he came out and said it is shocking to me. You know you don't he, say that in New York. Wait, as a you're you're a Brooklyn native. I know you're a, a Nets fan, but you you've you're a fan of New York teams. Yeah. How do New Yorkers react to what these well, kind of comments of their players? So, you know, you, if, you, if you look back at the Knicks in the 90s, you know, they had a player, Anthony Mason. The guy was just a hard-nosed basketball player, and everybody loved him. Charles that. Oakley. You know, they, Charles Oakley is another one. Everybody loves him for that. That's, that's the identity that I would say. I mean, Kristaps, he's an, he, I would say he's an exception because he's such a talent in what he brings to the team, yeah. you know. But... He definitely is probably tired. The Knicks should look into resting him on back-to-backs because he is fragile, as you mentioned. The dude does have a lot of injuries. Yeah, as, and and then, know, yeah, and another point that I have to make about Kristaps is he went, you know, after the whole Phil Jackson fiasco. We all know how that played out. Phil eventually getting fired, and I don't know, I don't know if it was too. fired or fired, but they they let him go. Dolan was just like, go away. So. When he was all pissed off at Phil and didn't want to deal with the Knicks, he went in the offseason and went to go play in the FIBA Cup and do all of his training in Latvia, which, you know, okay, you're going to go do that because you're mad. But the Knicks hat wanted to get him on a regiment to do some serious NBA training to get him prepared for the season. Now, looking at it right now, it's like, well, Kristaps... <laughs> Why are you complaining about being tired if the Knicks wanted to put you on a physical? You know, I'm sure that they have a lot of good training programs in Latvia and Europe and whatever they're doing over there. But I would, I would, you know, it's safe to say that I would bet to go with the guys that have had an NBA experience with training NBA players and doing physical things that have players, you know, who have dealt with NBA players before because, you know, the European guys, they they do a lot of skill work and everything, but you need to build some muscle mass and build some strength over here in in the U.S. and with the NBA guys because I'm sure they're doing good stuff in Latvia, but it's showing already with his body that he's not able to handle it, so... I'm pretty sure sure a lot of the off-season training is done by players, like, separate from their teams, but... You know, you mentioned Kristaps going a lot to work out. Okay, that's fine. If I would make an international comparison, Giannis at the Kumbo a couple, I think last year, not this offseason, the offseason 
before he went to the Greek army and he comes back jacked. Maybe you got to send Chris up to the army. I uh, <laughs> they got to figure out. They, all I'm saying is they got to figure out something else because what's working right now or what he's doing right now ain't working for him. He's got to okay. do something else to get his body. If he has hopes of being the number one option, you know, and he he came out saying stuff about like, oh, they're making me the focal point of the offense. Duh. Like, I don't know why you're saying that with a, like, kind of a question in your mind because you are. You're the guy who took over for Melo. You're the guy who New York is looking for you to be the future franchise player. So, yeah, you are the focal point of the offense. So I don't see why you would be surprised there. You're the guy that needs to handle what's coming to him on, you know, with, if guys come with a double team to get you while you're posting up, you need to be able to react to that and handle it because you are the guy. You're the main, you're the main huncho in, in New York and you got to do something. Yeah. You got to do something to, to, to deal with it, man. I, I mean, it's just, Yo. it's, it's not going to be pretty with, with how it ends up with him. If he keep, if he continues to make comments like that, I'm just saying, hey. you just keep your mouth shut. That's all you got to do. Let's, let's take a step back, Rob, from your rants. And let's, let's look into what you said about the mixed tanking. What you did mention on the podcast is there's no point of being decent in the NBA. <laughs> if you're not in the top three on each side of the conferences, because you're not going to go anywhere. If you can't beat the Warriors or the Cavs, However, the Knicks, you're talking about tanking for Trey Young. Trey Young, I haven't looked into his game yet, but there's a lot of hype comparing him to Steph Curry. Yep, mentioned that. Yes, that's what you mentioned. I don't think they they should go after Trey Young. I did like your idea of Michael Porter. That's that's a decent pickup. Or Marvin Bagley, but I I don't think there would be a top three pick. I think that the Knicks, when you said Trey Young, Trey Young, Oklahoma player, another person that had an Oklahoma, came out of Oklahoma that looked like Steph Curry was Buddy Yield. So we got, I got to look into <laughs> The Sacramento it. guy, the, set, the Sacramento yeah. owner was comparing him to Buddy, or Buddy Yield to Steph Curry, which was uh, quite, right. the, quite the comparison. But, yeah, so I got I would what... have to look into what the, how they develop. I got to look at the game, the footage of it, but... Yeah, the Knicks definitely should tank at this point. Oh. I watched the game last night versus the Heat, and I th- I, I, I mentioned it multiple times that Courtney Lee is not he's not a good NBA player. Oh, my he's God. Courtney Lee lot. is so bad. I don't know why. He's he's getting buckets, but people complained about Melo holding on to the ball too long. This guy just dribble me to death, Courtney Lee. He, well, he, he, <laughs> he, he's just – I mean, he's there's a reason that he's been on – I don't know how exactly how many, but he's got a he's been on like seven different teams each year. This is the first time he, I think he's been with a team for at least a whole year and a half so far. He's went from the Nets to like the Celtics to to Houston to all these different teams. And Courtney Lee, they're just they got to trade away like Courtney Lee. Yeah, go ahead. Charlotte. Charlotte. I'm the team that he's been on. Yeah, oh, you're going. Oh, okay. Orlando Nets. You know, Celtics, Houston, Memphis, Charlotte, Knicks. Wow, that's a good amount. He's been around the NBA. Man's been around. He's a good, decent three and D play, but I don't think he's clutched down the line where he should have the ball in his hand. It should either go to KP in the post, or it should be in. Um, but, uh, I would say McDermott should be in the corner, but Beasley, he's a guy that could get his own. Even I'd say Jer- Jared Jack when he he was on the Brooklyn Nets, he made a couple game winners for us. So you know, those players should have the ball. 
Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, it's funny how we go from Porzingis talking about being exhausted to a New York Knicks rant. That's what they do to you. Yeah, that's exactly what they do. I mean, they just they got to trade away. Like Cantor, Lee, all these guys, just, just get them out. So let's just be done with the Knicks for now. And let's head on to your segment, Nick, with your fantasy studs and bums of the week. All right, here's Nick with this week's fantasy studs and bums. You know, this week we got we got a couple studs, a couple veterans actually in the NBA. Let's start out in LA, not the Lakers, the Clippers. Terrible organization, as we've mentioned before. But Lou Williams, Lou has been getting buckets. Sweet Lou. Sweet Lou. I mean, that's, I think that's Rashard Lewis's nickname, but we're going to give it to Lou Williams now. Sweet Lou, you know, 31 minutes, been averaging five assists, which is, I think, great for him. Mm-hmm. And 22 points a game. The man has been getting buckets. He is a stud. And that's all I have to say about him. Rob, I mean, think about he, Lou? 26 against OKC, 33 against Memphis, 40 against Charlotte. I've always said, man, Lou Williams is, and this is off the bench, like, you can't go wrong with Lou Williams. Uh, if you're doing obviously daily fantasy, if you got him on your team right now, he's a guy that he could possibly at the trade deadline, like we've seen in recent history. He, he could. He looks like he's going to get traded. So if you think that he may take a backseat role right now at his time that where he's really at a high peak right now, you may need to consider consider dealing him off for a solid guy that you think that is going to have a you know, a mainstay with a team and kind of be the still have that same role that he has now, uh, you know, trading for a guy that's a, a solid ball player. Because Lou, Will- Lou Williams is a solid ball player, but like we saw, I had him on my team last year when he was with uh, Lo- Los Lakers, Angeles and Lakers, then and then he went to the Rockets. He His numbers took a little bit of a dip, so that could yep. be the case that happens with Lou this year. So, But he right now, uh, there's no surprise of what he's doing. He's a certified scorer. There's a couple of those in the NBA, and our other spot of the week that we have is another certified guy, certified scorer, Mr. Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo uh, Anthony. Carmelo Anthony! Yes. He, you know, I think he's finally figured out his role in Oklahoma, and he's just been shooting, getting his 20 points a game. That's what you'd like to see from now. Yeah, 22, 22, 21, 21, 12, 18, 20. So he's kind of getting along here. I thought he got his groove, his shooting stroke back. He figured it out with Russ. He's been knocking down threes. He's had some controversy in the press conference. You know, but it's all good. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> you got to love Melo. Yeah. Right? And, seven. and may we just mention right here, with the even though we're talking fantasy, we Thunder, said that right? OKC Thunder would be back on track. And look at that. Right here in the Western Conference, they are fifth, 22-17. and 17. And we said, as long as they get to the postseason, they're going to be fine. So everyone needed to stop the, you know, oh, wow, what's wrong with them? No, no, no. Chill, chill, chill. They're fine. And they're playing good ball. And so is Melo. Okay. Let's go to the bums. Disappointment so far, in my opinion. Mr. Al Horford from the Boston Celtics. Not a huge role in that team, but definitely, you know, lacking in statistics in 32 minutes. Yeah, he gets his eight rebounds a game, six five assists, but 13 points. That's not the Alphonse that I know and love. He used to get buckets. He used to have post-game, mid-range game. I don't know where that went. 
Yeah, I mean, Al Horford, he's always been a player, like especially when he got to Boston with Atlanta, he's, he was a lot more consistent. But now when he's with Boston, his numbers are just way weird with like his rebound yeah. with his especially with his rebounds and his assists and his points. They're just so like one night he'll have 10 rebounds and like two assists and then like seven points and then the next night he'll have way up points and low rebounds and weird assists it's just weird right now and I mean he's a good solid player but he I mean I always kind of thought of him as like a weird shaky fantasy player especially when he went to Boston it's just a weird situation with Al Horford I agree with you I think he's very inconsistent right now that's why he is a bum you know our next bum rookie Kyle Kuzma of the LA Lakers a lot of hype surrounding this man, like, oh, he's the real rookie in L.A. I happen to disagree with that statement. As you can see, he's beginning to slump lately. Yeah, he's hitting, averaging 17 points. He's, hitting the, he's, hitting, he's hitting the rookie wall, as they say. He is, the rookie wall. You know, I think that he hit the rookie wall because his fellow rookie, Lonzo Ball, has been out. And Ball sets him up a lot of the time. Very true. Open shots, open, you know, he's cutting, he's finding him. So that's why I think Kyle Kuzma has hit that rookie wall on the ball's back. So I do see Kuzma to increase his points per game and get back on track. But he is a bum for the last week and And, nothing more to it. And for possibly this upcoming week. Yeah, if you look at his numbers in the past games, I mean, he had that crazy week where he had 38 against Houston, 31 against Minnesota. 27 against Golden State, and he was playing really good basketball. And then he took a little bit of a dip. He had like nine against Memphis, six against Minnesota, four against Charlotte, but and then he had 13 against the Clippers. So he's just kind of been on and off. And like you said, without Lonzo in the lineup, which we said before when talking about the Lakers dynamic, he sets him up very well. And that's what with what how well Lonzo is playing. That kind of goes with how well Kyle's Kyle Kuzma is playing. So he's taking a little bit of a hit there and kind of expected him to hit the rookie wall and that's what he's doing right now so that is this week's episode of the talking true hoops podcast once again definitely hit us with the subscribe on itunes youtube hit us with the follow on twitter and instagram at talking true hoops hit us up there if you got anything you know wrong with my Knicks rant or anything that we said in the podcast, our opinions, definitely you can tell us why we're wrong. You know, we'll love to hear why and your reasoning. So, Nick, you want to say goodbye to the people? Hey, everybody have a good week. You know, I want to make one final rant is that there are a lot, there's a lot of hype surrounding coaching players lately and how they will do in the NBA. Let's, let's not look ahead or enjoy the rookie district because they are falling out, in my opinion, with lots of ball, Ben Simmons, Kyle Kuzman, Jason Tatum. Let's respect the game. Let's respect the rookies. All right? Everyone have a good week. Let's enjoy it. Yes, once again, definitely hit us with a subscribe, rate, review. Thank you again for listening to the Talking Truths podcast. We will catch you next week. Be sure to join Rob and Nick for the next Talking True Hoops podcast.